I know that iPad's heavy. You can do it. There you go. Okay, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise this morning. He's worthy. Come on. He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we've been talking for quite a while about the three chairs. We're going to keep going on that for a little bit. And, you know, getting out of the chair, uh, that third chair, that, that's the chair of complacency. Complacency says it, life doesn't matter. You know, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the teenager chair. Come on. You were a teenager once. Remember when nothing mattered and then all of a sudden everything that didn't matter did matter. And uh, uh, the, the complacency always leads to conflict. People in complacency with God, it's not long until they're in conflict with God. Amen. And we just got to get out of that chair because the last thing I want to do is be in conflict with God. Right. I want to be I want to be walking with God. I want to have the peace and unity and and fellowship. That's what I want. I want fellowship with God. Amen. And, and he, you know, Micah is six, seven. He is showing you, old man, what is good to love mercy, do just and, and to walk humbly with our God. We, we've been we've been given an invitation to walk every day with God. Think about it. But, uh, uh, you know. The Bible also says that how can two walk together except they be agreed? So in order to walk with God, you've got to get in agreement with God. You can't be in that conflict spot. You gotta, that's where the enemy's trying to push you is to a place of conflict. And, and, and you know, he's trying to get you there. No matter what it takes, he wants to get you in conflict with God. He wants you to distrust God. Romans 12, 2 says, uh, you know, that don't, don't be conformed to this world. Remember, be you transformed by the renewal of your mind so you can prove the perfect, good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You know, uh, I love the Amplified Bible. It says so you can prove for yourself. So you're not trying to prove the will of God to the world. We're trying to get it proved to ourselves. So we quit bouncing all over the place and, 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 you know, letting circumstances dictate our belief system. No, we use our belief systems to impact our circumstances. Right? Right? Make sure you get that. Well, well, well I don't know what I believe. I got to you know, see which way the wind's blowing. No, take a stand. Get a backbone. And, and, and just realize that, you know what, that's where the enemy is trying. He's trying to push you into conflict. And if he, he's trying to get you to doubt God, to not trust God. And, and, and then he'll try to get you to doubt him. You know, and he'll come up against all your relationships. And he'll, he'll, he'll do it financially. He'll do it emotionally. He'll, he'll do it relationally. He'll do whatever he's got to do to try to get you in conflict. How about we just live alert? You know, how, that's the easiest way to stay out of the chair of conflict is stay awake. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up, old sleeper. We give a little King James on you. Okay. You know, that second chair, that's the chair of compromise. The chair of compromise, duplicity, where it just depends on where you're at or who you're with. And, and uh, you know, and I, I just want to, you know, I just got to just seed your brain for a minute here because a, a lot of us, you know, we live in this democratic uh, society and, and we're under the impression that everything needs to be fair. I don't work with God that much. You know, think about Jesus. Remember when he went to the Jesus went to the pool, and there was all those sick people laying around, and, and, and you know, you got to get the picture. He's he's walking, he's stepping over them. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You know, he's, he's you know, he's just going down through there, and he gets to a certain man, and says, "You want to be whole?" 
Well, that's not fair. Sorry. You know, you know uh, there is a point in time in your relationship with God. I guess you're going to have two sides. Yeah, as for, as for me and my house, we're serving God. You know, I have decided. Remember, I have decided to follow Jesus. Right? Decision comes from the same root word as incision. It literally means to cut. You do know that when you go to Taco Bell and make a decision on a menu item, you didn't pick one thing. You cut off 71 other things. Your decision cuts out everything else. When you pick that man or that woman, you cut out every other relationship. The enemy, if he can't, if he can't get you in conflict, he'll just try to get you in compromise. Try to get you living in that place where, where you, you decide depending on what's going on. No, that's not first chair living. You know, loyalty, loyalty will demand at certain points, you, you pick sides. Sorry, that's just how it works. And, and, you know, and, there, and there's moments when uh, we don't want to be in commitment, but we are. Ever felt that? Now, don't lie. Because your spouse knows better than that. You know, the, the difference between courtship and commitment, right? When Shelby and I were in courtship, we've been married 29 years this year. <laughs> your mom is tougher than she looks. Yeah. Just share with you, I don't beat my wife. Um, I just need to get that out there. Uh, before we were married, we were in courtship, in the courtship realm. In the courtship realm, uh, you know, I used to call Shelby. And in courtship, you know, they'd come, they'd tell her, uh, Tom's on the phone. And she would say, tell him I'm not here. <laughs> huh? Don't look at me like that now. Some of you guys, you still treat me that way. Courtship realm, you know, if, if you want to be there, you know, okay. In a commitment realm, she wakes up, there I am. There ain't no getting away from it. Sorry. Pray for her. She has to go home with me. <laughs> That's funnier than you know. Okay. In, in the commitment realm, you know what? There's just, there's just a future. Uh, end that God declared at the beginning. Proverbs fourteen twelve says that there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is messed up. You, you, you don't want to focus on the way. Well, it seems to me, yeah, there's a way that seems right to you, but the end will be wrong. Focus on the end and let God direct the way. And, and if you can stay in that chair of commitment and not, you know, not look to the left or the right, there's bunches of scriptures we could give you. But, uh, you know, just, just stay true, you know, stay true to your commitment. Stay true to what God's called you to do. Just, just be who God's called you to be. Trust God, right? Acts 16, 31 in the message. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. You will live the life you're meant to and your whole house to. Just stay riveted on that and, and, and stay there. You can hang out in that chair and you'll get the end that God Described it, you know, at the beginning. But, but you gotta have, you gotta have this thing. And, and, you know, this morning I'm gonna talk a little bit about destiny definers and how do we deal with, uh, situations and circumstances that blow up and, and, and try to rob us, uh, from the peace that we're supposed to have because we're in commitment 
to God. And I just, uh, I'm not going to put it on the screen, but I just, I just want to remind you of a verse found in Isaiah 54. Uh, and it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It does not say no weapon shall be formed against you. So don't get all freaked out when weapons are formed against you. If you're doing anything good, it will bring opposition. Let me tell you something about the blessing of God. It creates complications. Okay? Because, uh, you know, he was reading this morning, uh, what was that verse um, in Malachi? Uh, verse 12. Can you put that one up? Malachi uh, 3, was it 3? 312. Here it comes. It's pretty good. Nations shall call you happy and blessed. That's a very complicated life. I said that's a very complicated life. You're thinking, you know, because, because you know, back in the day when you were doing drugs, you, you, you just didn't get it. But the, the reality is, is, is that, you know, uh, happy and blessed is very complicated. Right. You know, uh, when you get married, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Life just got complicated. Hmm? Just might as well. Come on, guys. Just don't say don't 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 say, well, no, no, not, don't lie. They got complicated. Shelby and I, you know, when we, when we got married life, it was better, but it's more complicated now. Right? And, and then, uh, you know, five years later, we started having children. And, and we, had, uh, we, we had three complications. We named them Evan, Stephen, and TJ. And uh, life gets more complicated. Better, but more complicated. Okay? Uh, when, when you live the blessed life, here comes the complication. Weapons will be formed against you. But they won't prosper. Come on. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, of course tongues are going to rise against you. People are going to say bad things about you. Why? Because you go to church. And that's what we do up in church. We treat each other wrong, talk bad about one another. Come on. That's, that's what you do at work, too. Right? That's what they do, that's, that's what, that's what they do at the car lot. That's what they do at the prison yard. That's what they do at the at yokes, at the hairstyling place you elected to go to. And you walk in, and they treat you like a queen or a king. But when you leave, don't be surprised that words will come against you. But how do we handle it? How do we deal with, with, with the weapons that are formed against us? How do we deal with the, with the, with the words that are spoken against us? You know, uh, man, it says you shall condemn those words. You do it. You, you, you rise up. You take authority. You demonstrate Satan's defeat. You humiliate hell. And, and, and you know, man, there are moments when life can shake you. Hello, somebody? Ever had one of them days of, and the whole world's moving? And, uh, uh, and you know, you thought, you thought everything was great and everything's good, and, but people who are close to you and people who love you and people who are, you know, they, they tell you they're there to protect you. I'm here. I'm just trying to protect you, and they're shooting at you. 
It's kind of weird when the people who protect you are trying to kill you. I don't know what that, I don't get that. We're just trying to protect you. Well, excuse me, the Holy Spirit protects us. You don't get his job. I'm, I'm trusting God, right? Well, how, how, do, how do we deal with this stuff? It, because it happens. And it's, it's you're going to have, you give, it, give it 30, 45 minutes for you to just be all messed up. And then, you know, pull yourself up by the strap of the boots and let's live by faith. And because the Bible says you're going to condemn it. Why? Because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Who are you serving? You know, who are you serving? You know, uh, I, you guys know me pretty well by now, don't you? You know that uh, I, I'm glad that you're happy, but I'm not trying to make you happy. I don't live to please you. I live to please God. You don't live. Don't be trying to please me. I try to teach my boys. Don't live to please me. Live to please God. If what you do pleases God, I'll be happy. Right? You know, if what you do pleases God, your spouse, she'll be a lot more happy. He'll, he'll, he'll be thrilled to death if you just live to please God, right? And, and you're the servant of God, and your righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Well, the enemy quite often will point out all your non-strengths and all your weaknesses and all your failures. Well, of course he will, because he's trying to get you to look at you. Well, there's a king word, King James word for you, sucketh. You know, without, without the Holy Spirit, man, you're just a jacked up, messed up person. But that's what, that's what we love about churches where jacked up, messed up individuals come who have found God and each other and realize that God's using them now to impact a world that's just as messed up and jacked up as we were. Our heritage is, is in the fact that our righteousness is from Him. Amen. So just realize, because you're blessed, you're, go- you're probably going to experience opposition. It comes with, it co- you know, just complications. You know, uh, uh, last week, um, you know, we, we, we hooked up and a bunch of, bunch of our team got together and we're having a meeting. And all of a sudden, uh, I found out that uh, some people have a different opinion of me than I do. <laughs> Radically different. And... Um, and, you know, it just kind of blows up and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, they start prophesying that the church is going down because you, you're not doing what we think you should do. And, and, uh, uh, and these people, it's not, I'm not talking about the, the trustees uh, or the overseers or elders. I'm just talking about other people. And uh, all upset and all bothered and all for, it's called church life. But, you know, it, it. You know, you got to give it about 30 minutes because for 30 minutes, uh, can I just tell you this much? I found out, I found out last week, Brother Glenn, I found out last week, I really am born again. I, I really am. Uh, you know, uh, and I've really grown. Have I grown? I got to tell you something, four or five years ago, there'd been blood all over the carpet. <laughs> You're a liar. You don't have integrity. You're a reader. reader. And just sit that's weird. It's going to be a great sermon. <laughs> because stuff comes at you. Well, how do we deal with it? How, how, how do you deal? How, how are you going to go? You know, the Bible says that even though we walk in the flesh, we don't war at the flesh. This is a spiritual thing. Um, 
you know, and at the beginning of the year when we started fasting and praying, God showed us a right way, a right way for us, a right way for our kids, a right way for our substance. And remember, we circled property. We got 10 acres. We started circling that in prayer. And then all of a sudden, we become the owners of 80 acres of prime commercial property. We're watching God do miraculous things. Well, of course, we're going to have some opposition. You know, and by the way, if you ever get worried about the money, call the trustees, sit down, and ask them all the questions you want. We don't care. Uh, but I just think it's kind of cool that God's doing this stuff. We own, we own, like in the neighborhood, of 90-some acres altogether. Is that crazy? I think you ought to give God a hand for that right about now. That's crazy. And, and when I say we own it, I'm not saying we make payments on it. I say we own it. How did that happen? Well, it's probably us wasting money. Uh, anyways, well, you know, I'm human. Some of this stuff, you know, it smacks you a little bit. And, but you just got to just got to realize that. Wait a minute. God's doing some things. And uh, and and, uh, you know, and there's going to be opposition. And it's going to be great to share with you how to walk through this intensified weirdness. But do it with faith. You know, look at Psalms 1 again, uh, verse 1. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Isn't that you? I mean, that, that, that's what you, that's, you want God to be speaking of you. Happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. He's not following their advice. The ungodly, by the way, is just people outside of the plan of God. Right? It's just people who, are, who, who, are, who have been pulled out of God's direction, God's way. That's ungodly. And their advice is ungodly. But we're not going after ungodly plans or ungodly purposes. We've heard from God. We're going to rivet on that. Have you heard from God about your life? That's why the will of God has got to be proven to you. Because people, nice people, smart people, educated people, religious people are going to come try to divert you away from God's plan for your life. God's plan for you. Let me just say this. I just feel it in my spirit. God's plan for you is not to die but live and declare the goodness of your king. But there's great people that will tell you, well, I'm not sure God's going to heal you. You know, you don't heal everybody. The last thing I need standing at the foot of my bed if I'm in the hospital is family members with a shovel. You know, somebody speaks some faith up in here. Right? And you just got, you got to get the will of God proven to you. So you're not following crazy advice and plans and purposes, nor standing inactive where sinners walk, it's funny that, in a, in, just, think for, for, just think for a minute, sinners, people who've just simply missed the mark, okay, they're, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're not eating lunch at Hooters every day. I'm talking about people that just missed the mark, right? And, 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 and look what it says, you, that they stand inactive. Let me tell you the best way to miss the mark. Don't move. Just hang out where you are. You'll miss it. Hello? Uh, nor sits where the mockers gather. And there's always people who will, who will try to jab you, try to poke, you know, call your name, you know, poke fun, do the thing. They're just mockers. Just, you said, but look at this. Blessed, happy, fortunate is the guy whose delight, no, you're right, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his precepts, his instructions, his teaching, he habitually meditates, studies, thinks on them. Good times, bad times. Day in, day out. Look what he's like. Verse 3. He's like a tree 
planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit and season. Its leaf shall not fade or wither. Everything he does is going to prosper. Increase is all up in the house for him. Drop down to verse 6. By the way, verse 4 says, not so with the wicked. But verse 6 says, for the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly, those outside God's will, it'll come to naught. Okay, look at this. It's really, it's, about, it's a story, it's a picture, it's instruction regarding two different ways, two different paths, two, two different uh, you know, approaches of, to, to life. Remember Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing, his way of being right. And everything else is going to be taken care of. It's God's way. Remember uh, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to you. But the end, uh, Ezra 8, the right way for you. So we're talking about opposing or con- contrary ways, two different Two different choices uh, and destiny definers, the things that define the path that you're going on. In Matthew 7, verse 13, it said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads away to destruction. Lots of people are on it. But the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure. Come on, there's some pressure. On that narrow way, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life. Jesus talking about two contrary ways, two gates, two paths, two definitions. Take the narrow gate, it's a challenging path, but it's destination life. Take the wide gate, it's an easier path, but it's destination destruction, death. Not dead, just dead to potential, dead to the promise, dead to the calling, dead to the will, dead to the plan of God. Life is about the choices we make, and the choices we make determine the path we take. Remember Deuteronomy 30 and 19, I'm putting life and death in front of you. Choose life. You know, uh, John 10, 10, thief comes to kill, steal, destroy. Jesus said, but I have come, right? So there's a, there's a different, you got a different path here. Uh, Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we're talking about two paths, and we live a life that is constantly dealing with crossroads. And you got crossroads in your marriage, crossroads in your career, crossroads in your relationships, crossroads in commitment, crossroads, uh, you know, in, in every realm of life. You're just always dealing with crossroads. And when you reach that point, where you, that's where you're going to deal with destiny definers, which determine which path you're going to walk, which road you're going to take. The path of the wicked, often uh, used in Scripture, it's not necessarily talking about demonized, demon-possessed people. It could just start with things as simple as giving in to discouragement or allowing a message of a past hurt to repeat itself and repeat itself and repeat itself. You know, it's not the fact that they laughed at you in middle school that, that, that's destroying your life because, you know, you're, you're like 70 now. It's the message that that hurt repeats. Because, you know, what happens is that you listen to certain words, right? And those words turn into thoughts. See, the the people who who mocked you in middle school haven't thought of you since middle school. But they hurt you every day since. Why? Well, because they're words you've rehearsed and you've thought on those things. And those thoughts determine your emotions. And your emotions determine your, 
you know, uh, your choices. Because, you know, every, every choice you make is based on emotion. And those choices determine your actions, and those actions develop your habits, and those habits define your character, and your f- character connects you to an end result. So if the enemy, if, if he's looking at the end result that God has for you, and he's trying to get you to miss it, then he's just going to give you different words than what God gives you. Because if you'll go on any, uh, if you use ungodly words, you'll have ungodly thoughts. If you have ungodly thoughts, you're going to have ungodly emotions. If you have ungodly emotions, you're going to make ungodly choices. If you make ungodly choices, you're going to have ungodly habits. Have ungodly habits, you're going to develop ungodly character. If you have ungodly character, the end result is going to be ungodly. But if you have God's word, oh, well, you're going to have godly thoughts. You got God thought, you're going to have godly emotions. Have godly emotions, you're going to make godly choices. Make godly choices, you're going to, you know, you're going to uh, perform godly actions. Have godly actions, you're going to develop godly habits, godly habits, godly character, godly character. You get godly end result. So it's all about that path and that choice. And that crossroad and, and how you're going to do it. If you live this way, you get life. But if you live that way, death. You're going to go down the path of destruction. And, and, and that's the enemy's purpose is to get you off track. To get you away from the plan of God. I love Proverbs 10. Almost every verse in Proverbs 10 has a big but right in the middle of it. And, you know, uh, I mean, if you live this way, life. But you live that way, death. Let's look at some of this. Look, uh, Proverbs 10. A wise son makes a glad father. But a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Treasures of the wickedness profit nothing. But righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish. But he casts away the desires of the wicked. But, 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 but. A lot of people allow their big butt to lead them into their future. And it's hard to see where you're going when you're being led by your butt. Come on, I'm giving you a revelation. Look at verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. How am I going to handle conflict? And I've got to tell you something. Some of you guys are going to have to handle conflict too because you're going to be forced to make a choice. Let me tell you why. Because I'm going to make changes in some of my leadership team. And I'm just talking about ministry leadership. Uh, I'm going to make changes because I'm going to have somebody on my team that says, you're a liar, you're a man of, uh, you have no integrity. Uh, and, 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 you know, I know what it's like. I think, I think now I know what Jesus felt like. Probably not the totality of it, but I think I have a better understanding when it says, that, you remember when Peter rebuked Jesus? And, you know, now I know what it's like to be rebuked by, you know, this was crazy to me. It was just crazy. So, so I just say, and I use the words of my Lord and Savior, get thee behind me, Satan. Not going to stop doing what God's called us to do. And we're not, we're not going to do it your way because you are all loud and mouthy. You're disrespectful. And, and, and I'm going to teach you how to deal with this thing here in just a minute. And I don't want you buying my, you know, well, there's two sides to every story. No, there's really one. There's God's side. Okay, I'm going to show you something here in a minute so, so, so you understand how to deal with this. But, but, and, well, why are you even bringing this stuff up? Well, because you're going to be forced to make choices. And only because I don't think the people that I'm dealing with have enough class to not put you in that spot. And, uh, oh, by the way, I, 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 I think it was proven that I am born again. But I would not recommend rebuking me. If you, if you want to, feel free. But 
I would not recommend rebuking me without using the word pastor every now and then. And not, not because you need to respect me, but you better respect the office. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't have a private office. Uh, we have an open office system. I don't have a private parking spot. I don't lord my authority over you. But if you attack that office, I'm taking you out at the knees. Because the way that you treat seen authority is the way that you treat unseen authority. And just a little heads up. I was shocked the other night and sat there and didn't say a lot. Try it again. I'm ready. But fools die for lack of wisdom. How are we going to handle this stuff? How about godly wisdom? Okay? Godly wisdom. Godly wisdom is, is biblical wisdom and it's God's plan. Okay? L- listen to this. Uh, Proverbs 8, 1 and 2. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? Think about it. Wisdom's crying out. It's shouting at you. Remember when the Bible says incline your ear to wisdom? What does that mean? Lean into it. Lean into it. Again, I don't want you to build your future off of my word. I want you to lean in and hear what God says. Okay? You, you lean in and, and hear what God says, and you build your life off of that. Make sure that you're not building off of somebody else's word, because I, I can almost guarantee you a bunch of you are going to be confronted with choices because, you, you know, because of relationships, and they're going to say, well, you, know, you better lean in and hear God. Okay? You just need to lean in and hear God because you're going to face situ- The whole world faces situations. And the Bible says we just read that wisdom, godly wisdom, crying out, crying out in the streets, lean into it. Look at verse 2. She takes her stand on top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. I love this. Where is wisdom at? Well, she's at the intersection of two contrasting paths. Isaiah said, he put it this way. He said, you'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left or the right. What's that word behind thee? Well, that's wisdom. That's, that's godly wisdom. At the crossroads, that's where wisdom stands, where the paths meet. You, you, you're at a crossroads in line. What, else, what should I do? Listen for the wisdom of God. It's awesome. Look, it's right there. Wisdom. Lean into it. Open your ears to his saying and do that. Wisdom. Godly wisdom. By the way, it's just... God's word applied. Just God's word applied to your life. Look, look at Proverbs 24, 3. We're going to hurry. Read a bunch of Proverbs. Through wisdom, a house is built. Can I tell you something about wisdom? It's going to build your house. It's going to build your life. It's going to build your future. It ain't going to tear it down. It's going to build it. Look at your neighbor and say, God's building your, your house. So, so hang with me. Stay with me. Godly wisdom stands at the place where paths meet. Your choice is going to take you towards death of a certain area or breathe life into that area. That's where wisdom stands at the crossroads. And the promise is that godly wisdom will build your life. That's what wisdom does. It builds the house. Okay. Proverbs 1, verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in cheap concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. Open squares, places of business. His, uh, uh, chief concourses, major avenues of life. For your direction in every area of life, highways and byways. Remember Jesus said, get out there. Highways and the byways. It's not just, you know, because a lot of church people, we get godly wisdom you know, in here. And then we go out there and we live like the world. And, and it's not just a spiritual thing. It's not just the inner man. But how about the outer man, too, having some godly wisdom? 
We've been praying. What's the right way for us? Not just when we're in the building. What's the right way for me to live on the job? What's the right way for me to be in the house? You know, my house. What's the right way? And finding wisdom. I don't want my boys to know how to act at church. Right? I, I, I want my family, I want my, my congregation to know how to live away from church. Right? Why? Because you are the church. You don't need to be some bipolar spiritual you know, freak. That, hallelujah in here and you're, you're chasing people down the street in a car. You're going to shoot them out there. Hello, somebody. Proverbs 4. I love Proverbs 4. Uh, look at verse 10. Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Have I, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. See, it's all about right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction and don't let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Don't walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Isn't that kind of what you're trying to teach your kids? Avoid it. The path of the just, look at verse 18. The path of the just, the just shall live by faith, listen, is like the shining sun. It's not paved with doom and gloom. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Why? Because God has a future that he's leading you into. And your godly future, can I just tell you, if you just do this thing God's way, your final outcome is going to be better than your current condition. So just keep going that way. Go after wisdom. Somebody say amen. amen. I, I want one more one more thing of scripture here, real quick. Proverbs two, verse ten. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, delivered to deliver you from the way of the evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of unrighteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked. Wisdom enters your heart, knowledge. Pleasant to your soul. Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. I, I want to talk about knowledge, understanding, discretion, and wisdom real quick. And I'll, I'll use our boys as, a, as an illustration. Our boys have grown up in a house where they've learned this. They know this. They, they, the, the statement I'm about ready to make, they know it. You can talk to them right after church. They know the Word of God works. That's knowledge. They've heard it and heard it and heard it, and heard it, and heard it, and heard it, and heard it. And they will tell you that I'm not a whole lot different at the house than I am right here. And when you start talking and making choices and decisions, we're going to go to the Word of God, and they know this is knowledge. They know the Word of God works. Knowledge. Then, you know, Evan went to a master's commission, had a year of training there. Stevens in Tulsa. He's been, he graduated from Raymond and he's doing an internship. You know, so he's got three years of training there. TJ's here working in the church. Here's, here's something that's, that's changing is that they're not, they not only know the word of God works, but now they're beginning to understand how it works. Hermeneutics and homiletics and numerology and the Pentateuch and they're, you know, wrapping their brain around how this stuff works. That's called understanding. There's a difference between knowing and understanding, okay? But discretion is a totally different issue, okay? See, you can, you can know 
You, you can know, and don't get mad, it's just the best example I can think of. You can know that smoking's not good for you. You know, if you smoke, I'm not picking on you, you just using you here for a second. Uh, I don't care if you smoke. I, do, I actually don't believe you do smoke. The cigarette smokes, you're just a sucker on the other end, but don't, don't worry about that. Um, I, it's just one of my dad's jokes. I just like it. Okay. But you, you can know, you can know that smoking is not good for you, for your health. And you might even understand why. You know, what it's doing in the cellular level and how it's going to break down life in the cells and produce, you know, you, you might get it. You might understand it. But you still might smoke. Because uh, wisdom in your heart has to be pleasant to your soul. And so it might be more pleasing to you See, there's all different kinds of wisdom. You can, you can know some things and understand some things and still screw up a lot of stuff. And that's why discretion, see, discretion, it says, preserves you. Well, what's a preservative for? It's to keep you so that you can make up deeper into your future. I've got to wrap up because of time. But discretion, uh, let, let me just do it this way. Quite a while back, uh, Keith, who's been with us for a long time, you don't mind me talking about you, do you? Good, I'm going to anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, but uh, quite a while back, uh, there, we just had some, some issues, and, and I went to Keith, and Keith used to be a, a, a pitcher in baseball, did a lot of, is good in baseball, and so I used baseball terminology on him. said, dude, you're benched. You're coming off the mound, getting a dugout. How do you want to handle this? And and he, very you know, uh, very graciously, put that back in my hand. You're the pastor. How do we handle this? Up to you. So we went through a season where Keith just sat on the bench. He didn't do, wouldn't allow him to do anything. And 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 uh, and most people didn't know anything about it because of the way that he said, "Let's do this," right? And uh, that's called discretion. Uh, because he's preserving his future. Discretion will preserve you. Uh, gave the very similar op- opportunity to somebody, and and they reacted in a very different way. They they, they came to a meeting because you know hey you, you you're supposed to be helping me minister to people and it ain't happening, so you're coming off the team. How do you want to handle it? Well, I want, to tell, I want to tell the team that we're stepping down. And they came in to tell my ministry team they're stepping down. They decided to blow up on the way out and vomit all over the place. No, no more future. See, no discretion, no preservation. There are some things that you need to understand. There's some things you need to know. But wisdom is going to tell you. You know the word discretion there? It literally means uh, to have some class. So you're heading to your future. Can I, can I guarantee you that you're going to have opposition? And some of you are going to be faced with making choices. I, I can just tell you. Some of you, got, you have some good friends that are going to come to you and tell you, you need to get out of this place. This place is bad for you. So this might be the last chance I get to talk to you. So let me just, let me just tell you something. We love you. We're for you. We ain't against nobody. We believe in the, in the, in the plan that God has for you. But we're going to do what we hear God collectively. 
uh, as the right way for us. And we're not going to allow division and backbiting and turmoil and, and all of this. I almost said crap, but I don't want to say that at Sunday morning. All of this stuff to keep surfacing. So we're done with that because we're going on with the thing that God's called us to. Okay. So if you intend to have a future here, you might want to use some discretion. What? What do I need to do to make it through this stuff? You need godly wisdom. So you need to take time to lean into the Word of God. You don't, I really don't think you need to come and ask a bunch of people any more questions. You know, you'll, hear, you'll hear enough. Um, and, and again, I just want to tell you, if you have financial issues, you, you want to know what are we doing with all that money. Uh, talk to Todd or Al, Al Ochoa. He'll be home in a couple of weeks. Dr. Tim Chen. Talk to the trustees. Uh, if you want to figure out, well, who are you accountable to? We'll talk to Pastor Rick Sharkey or Pastor Rick Jolly or Pastor Den, Dennis Cummins. Uh, and, you know, if you, if you want them to spank me, they have the power to do it. Um, but if you, if, you, if you want to accomplish some things for the future, you probably want to just get right beyond this thing and just realize that this is about the last time we're going to bring it up. But you're going to see changes, and the changes aren't really done yet. I'm pretty sure. But we're going to go do what God's called us to do, and we're going to do it big time. Hello, somebody? So get some wisdom. Amen? Amen. Close your book. Bow your head. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you that you have wisdom. Your word says, James, James, he said, if any man lacks it, let him ask.